Welcome to part two of this special edition of Thoughts on the Market. I'm Michael Zizis, Head of Public Policy Research for Morgan Stanley. Today I'll be continuing my conversation with my colleague Ellen Zentner with our thoughts on the governmental response to the coronavirus. Ellen, great to have you back. So Mike, we've talked a lot about the support that Congress is giving and will likely continue to give the economy, at least here in the near term. And we've talked about how big the deficit to GDP ratio could get on the back of that. But is there risk here in us assuming that regardless, Congress would just simply continue to provide the support? I mean, we have elections coming up later this year. You know, can you contextualize for us the risks uh, to continued stimulus on the back of the election outcomes? I think the election is a catalyst here. If investors are taking comfort from the fact that Congress is continuously pushing aid into the American economy, which it has been doing and we think it will continue to do, the election represents a potential road bump in that. Think about the trajectory of GDP, for example. So we are likely to kind of bump off of lows and get closer over time to where GDP was in the past. So that means that at some point in later this year and in 2021, the economy will be improving, perhaps not to the level that we want to see it improve. And so there could be a case for more fiscal stimulus from U.S. Congress. But will Congress deliver it is probably going to be a function of what happened in the 2020 election. And what we know historically is that divided governments don't tend to give uh, fiscal expansion aid to the economy on a proactive basis. And it could be entirely possible that Congress is not really interested or sort of views giving further aid as being proactive if we've been on an upward trajectory uh, on GDP. So I think we have to think very carefully about what the outcome might be. And unless you have one party controlling both chambers of Congress and the White House, it could be very difficult for the U.S. government to give further aid in 2021. You know, at some point, the word austerity has to creep back into the lexicon. And so shouldn't we expect that somewhere down the line, we've got to get our fiscal house in order because it's unlikely that we're just going to grow our way out of these deficits? And what does that mean in your view for tax rates, um, you know, corporate tax rates? Practically speaking, policymakers at some point will find there are political benefits to trying to hold the line on austerity, to basically try and constrain the deficit. And in particular, being a deficit hawk tends to be something that's more useful to you politically if you're in the minority or if the other party holds the White House. And so this is why divided governments tend to have a hard time doing fiscal expansion. The takeaway here is that the politics of austerity could very easily rear its head again in the divided government outcome after the 2020 election. So investors shouldn't get complacent that U.S. Congress is going to just keep pumping aid into the economy constantly. Aside from just talking about austerity in terms of what helps bring deficits down in the future, you know, faster pace of growth would also help. Now, I think it's largely recognized that we can't grow our way out of deficits alone, but certainly the right types of policies, and we're laying the groundwork for that today, that give the economy the best chance to grow as quickly as possible 
are those that can help bring that deficit down. So when I think about you know the policies that have been put in place today, which we're calling, you and I have talked about this in a prior podcast where we're calling it packages of support rather than stimulus. Their support today because they help raise the savings rate of households with government transfers for unemployment benefits, the rebate checks, and help for businesses so that they can reopen more quickly on the other side of this, which helps bring the unemployment rate down and raise income that way. You know, Those are packages of support right now, but they can have more stimulative benefits later as we come out on the other side of this and households can draw down that savings rate to help fund spending. Uh, a tighter labor market can help raise wages and further help growth and in income and aggregate demand. And that helps lift GDP growth and is also there to help drive deficits lower in the future. So Mike, as we're adding all of this up, as you noted, we could be at $3 trillion plus in fiscal support before all is said and done. Is there anything that Congress isn't doing? Yeah, I don't think that Congress will be able to go ahead with a major infrastructure spending package. And that's a question we get a lot from investors. It's sort of the perpetual hope of investors that Congress and the White House will agree on spending one plus trillion dollars to fill what is a very critical infrastructure need in the U.S. And it would seem to make sense in some ways in a moment like this, where the economy needs an infusion of spending to just go ahead and take care of this. But I think there's a number of complications, mainly political complications, that keep this from getting done. You know, whereas the CARES Act, which is basically just downstreaming money to small businesses and households and other types of businesses, in what is a fairly uncomplicated way, designing an infrastructure plan is actually pretty complicated. It involves a series of decisions that are highly politicized, everything from regulations and labor standards and environmental standards. And, and frankly, it probably would just take too long and there would be too much partisanship to make this part of a stimulus response. So I think while the federal government is spending in big dollar amounts on economic aid to the U.S., I wouldn't expect infrastructure to fit into those amounts. Ellen, thanks again for being with me. Thanks for the conversation. Good to speak with you, Mike. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy Thoughts on the Market, please take a moment to rate and review us on the Apple Podcast app. It helps more people find the show. The preceding content is informational only and based on information available when created. It is not an offer or a solicitation, nor is it tax or legal advice. It does not consider your financial circumstances and objectives and may not be suitable for you.